right. Well, welcome back to Post to Post. We've got another episode here for you. This time is a special one. I've got my friend here, Sahir, who is going to be joining us on this podcast. And we are going to be diving in back into the NHL with, and we're focusing on the Scotia North division and seeing what's going on. So Sahir, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to have you. So let's give a little bit of background to our listeners on uh, what you know about hockey and your background. Um, I used to play hockey ever since I was a kid. Played a little bit of ice hockey, got bounced around with injuries, went to ball hockey competitively for a couple of years. I've represented Team Calgary in many ball hockey tournaments and just kind of with my knee injury now, just play casual ball hockey. All right. So uh, first off, before the end, as the initial season started, what do you think of the 56-game season? Are you happy with it? Are you not happy with it? Would you rather have them cancel? Let's get some thoughts I, on that. I think everybody's happy to have at least hockey going on during times like this. You just want some some kind of thing of normalcy and at least having the sports seasons here help provide an escape from what's going on and, you know, keeping people at home and safe, hopefully. But yeah, 56 games, um, you, you don't have that full 82 game season. So you don't really have time to get the midseason form. You need to get going right away, which seems like a lot of teams are struggling with right now. Uh, and yeah, well, there's so many people going on the COVID-19 protocol list, especially in the U- U.S. teams. Now, yeah. at the, if this continues, would you think the league's going to start, well, but suspend the season? That's, that's, I hope not, but obviously, like, it's happening a lot with those American teams. Like, the Scotia North Division isn't having as many problems, but like that is always a possibility, but haven't heard too much about it yet. And then, so some people have said that, you know, they rather have a four hub city team. So each, each division has a hub city and all the teams in that division go to that city. What are your thoughts on that? Seeing what we've seen with the bubble from the playoffs. Um, Like, obviously like the bubble is a greater, it's a good idea and like probably a safer way for um safer way of like, doing things or, but like just just like what we've seen with even in basketball and stuff like I feel like having that bubble like it discourages people from being there you know like maybe if you're allowed to take your family in with you maybe it might help but I think the biggest argument for not doing the bubble was just like teams and players opting out yeah and especially because I think being away from your family for so long it's not a small thing like the playoffs was what 16 weeks that they had to be away from uh their families so it's not fair on the players or the families themselves yeah all right so let's focus in on the scotia north division so as the games have concluded most of them now uh for tonight for before friday uh, morning uh looks like toronto is sitting number one at eight two and one montreal is second at seven two and two winnipeg is seven three and one Edmonton is fourth with six six and zero. Uh, Vancouver is six eight and zero, and Calgary sitting at five four four five and one, and Ottawa sitting at two eight and one. Who are your biggest surprises up there? Who is the who's your not biggest surprise? Um, I think the biggest surprise has to be has to you have to take your pick with Toronto and Montreal. Only reason I'll put Mo- Toronto there is because we all know about how. Toronto has underperformed in playoffs and seasons recently. 
And Montreal is their biggest surprise. We all knew they had a young players, but holy, did are they playing well right now? Um, oh, yep. twice at the back, you know, if you get more than two goals for as if you're Montreal, you have a wall in the net. And then Jake Allen just doing an amazing job backing up, getting you games and allowing you to rest price. So really like Montreal, Shea Weber, Shea Weber really provided is providing a mentor as a mentor for Romanoff, who's starting to look really good as well. And what about Tyler Toffoli? Oh, he, he's taking his revenge on Vancouver for sure on that aspect. You, but holy, eh? Like, yeah, no, he's gone on fire. Handed goals. You cannot forget about all of those. But they're starting to look really good. Toronto at the start, I wanted to wait and see. But holy, do they have some structures for their game this season? Yeah, I think uh, they've been, I think Freddie Anderson has improved, though. Freddie oh, yeah. Anderson has improved. Uh, I think he just had, got a little fluke going on in the uh, at the start of the season, but now he's figured it out. And like I've seen Toronto, I think play with the structure and maintaining a structure throughout their games. They're they're no they're not a team that's just gonna beat you by scoring, but they're gonna they're a team that's gonna clog up the neutral zone when needed and just you know slowly take over, come at you waves and waves. But what about Joe Thornton on that first line, eh? Well, I think it was a good mentor for him. Like, I think even though he's older, but he can still keep up with both uh, Matthews and Marner. And so I think that was a good pick. Hyman back on, but like it allows you to put Zach Hyman with Kerfoot on that third line. And Kerfoot is that that line's starting to look good too, right? Eh? Speed. Kerfoot's always been a good player. I've I've always liked him as a player, especially back his days in Colorado. Exactly, and. TJ Brody, I feel like he's a perfect – him like bringing him in, he's the perfect um, defense partner for Riley. I think it's what they've been looking for, two, two top defensemen who can skate um, like beautifully and like it just lets you and play – it lets you play Muzzin and Hall really. And then your third pairing, it kind of depends because you have such a deep prospect pool with you having to sit a couple of good defensemen still. See, I think with Brody, he's still doing the same things that he is in, he was in Calgary. Uh, I think Riley's e- easier to clean up those mistakes. Um, but as far as, you know, Toronto media is still all over him for the mistakes that he makes. So yeah. I think I think it's a better fit because Riley is able to cover up for him. But I think he's still making the same mistakes on that point. Yeah, yeah I do agree. Um it just seems that like his smooth skating just fits in with the with Riley and then playing with the top two lines or um top two lines in Toronto. It it just provides for a nice like offensive time zone where you know you have Brody at the back. And he he is gifted offensively for sure. No, no we've seen sure. that in Um him and Gio having a couple of good seasons and then just slowly just wasn't working out. But I think we have to start focusing on how Calgary is surprising by how bad they're doing. Yeah, honestly, it's this team has lost a lot of momentum. They start after the Vancouver series, they just got knocked off the trails. Uh, I yeah. don't, I, I honestly feel it's a coach that you can't bring his team back into it. I feel that's the way the issue starts with. And then this whole, problem with with what has come from Bennett 
I think, especially today, watching the game. Well, watching the game first. Firstly, you have you scratch Bennett, right? You scratch Bennett. That hole distracts the team. But then you also look at the play of the other players, like Lucic, who should be sat, who needs to have, sit for a game, and he's getting ice time. And yeah. if you remember the game in the, I think it was the, the the game in Winnipeg, where Calgary came back and won in a shootout. I think it was on Sunday, where Bennett was put on the line with Monahan and Goudreau, and that line was just clicking. Yeah, but it all started from moving Backland back with Kachuk and Mandrapani. And see, like, I think with the Bennett situation right now, like scratching him was a total like. I do not agree with it, especially like if it's true that it was a coaching decision, that is a, I, I believe that's a really bad coaching decision because he played his best two games, the last two games. Um, the Lucic situation, I totally agree with you. Um, especially not this game, but last game, that turnover on the first power play led to Winnipeg's first goal. And then somehow he was playing on a line with Lindholm and Levo which I, I, I have to question that. I don't know what was going on there with the coaching decision. But I'm starting, I'm starting to take, I'm starting to believe that Calgary's and the coach's structure right now is a really high risk game right now. For sure, it's high risk. Because if you notice, like, I feel like the defensemen have like the green light to pinch whenever. Like Nesterov and Mount Valamaki, really good pairing, but they've, They've done some high-risk pinches where if they got beat, and which sometimes they do get beat, it leads to goals the other way. For sure. No, definitely. And I think, like, but they're also young. Well, Nestrov is still gaining, coming. he's coming back. But still, I think Valamaki should have sat for one game. One, you have Shillington, who's played, who needs to get some reps in. And you've got Connor Mackey, who's knocking on the door. Let your let you some of these guys come in. We, that's why we have the taxi squad. Let some of these guys gain some rest. Let them watch from the press box so they can understand some of the mistakes. Well, yeah. I mean, I probably would have agreed with you until Valamaki played those last two games and he's starting to look a lot better than the player we expect, eh? No, for sure. He's played great. Those two passes, like today on the Manjapani goal and the and the Goudreau goal were fantastic. I just um, think I think one of them needs to sit just to bring in like, even if you bring in Michael stone who we signed to uh, from a PTO just to bring in that veteran leadership, just to change things up needs to come in, but it doesn't just start there. It should, you have to start it from your captain because Giordano has not played well or Anderson. I totally agree. But I, I feel like with the defensive depth, like, there's there's no there's no argument anymore. I feel like you like I feel like it's the decision is made that you do not protect Giordano in the expansion draft. Oh, for sure you don't. No, hundred percent. I wouldn't. The two players, Giordano, he's getting old. He's gonna either if Seattle picks him up, he's gonna retire. If Lucic is gonna be asked to get his uh, no movement clause waived, because yeah. you have other players to protect. Because right um, now, your players to protect start as Goudreau. So that they wouldn't even take him. So, like, Lucic is safe either way. 
No, I and I think the player that's going to Seattle from Calgary would be Derek Ryan, if anyone. Maybe. Derek yeah. Ryan would be like, because everyone was so speculation about Derek Ryan being put on waivers and no one claiming him. But Derek Ryan is a great player playing that two-way that plays the quiet. And, and he doesn't get the respect that he does. He's put on waivers just for the cap situation with the tax. Oh, 100%. Well. It was just for this cap. Oh, it's he's, all for the cap. Um. But the Bennett situation is like, I don't know if you've heard this, but at the start of the year, he was asked what position he wanted to play center or wing. And he yeah. initially chose center, but then he moved, he changed back to wing because he knew he'd get more playing time there. Um, but again, like the mismatch, like obviously if you take penalties in the offensive zone, you're probably going to sit, but that doesn't mean you should sit every game or you should always not get that chance. You know, no, what I, mean? I think the lines are getting messed up a little too much. Like he keeps going back to um, that original form when it worked with moving Bennett there. It's kind of like the Furland situation when Furland moved up to Goudreau and with Goudreau and Monaghan, they had a lot of success. I mean, if, if, if like, and the thing is, is like some people like there's, there's, a, there's something weird going on with the Bennett situation as in like, when asked about it, he was actually didn't like, I don't know if you heard the report, but he actually was kind of surprised that that was actually out there. So either he like, he needs to decide if he wants to stay, he needs to come out. Like he needs to let management know like, Hey, I want to stay and stuff. But if this was a coach's decision to sit Bennett, like I like, to be honest in my mind, I don't see ward as an actual nhl coach and i think that's that's a problem with calgary they're never going after a coach like like the last coach i remember that i think was a good caliber coach was like daryl sutter and then he left and after that it's just been you know weird weird mid-tier low-tier oh give him a chance kind of coach kind of thing see i think i think even before the whole situation i think you know bob hartley when he was here he played a, a similar style to to- John Tortorella. He told it the way it was, right? Yeah. He, he was hard on his players. The team didn't like that. Then they moved to Glenn Gullitson, who was the exact opposite. And the team didn't like that either. Then you bring in Bill Peters, who before the situation that arised, he took that team to fir- first place in the Western Conference. That is true, yes. And then after the whole situation happened, it really just derailed that whole system, right? And yeah, and I that's think like awesome. he was a mix of both of Hartley and Gullitson. He would be hard when he needed to be hard, but he was soft when he needed to be soft. And I think Ward doesn't have that oomph to, you know, when it's time to come, like you go. Like you got to yeah. get going. And I think Calgary's decision not to go after Jared Gallant or even talk up to him. Yeah because he took Vegas he he did fantastic things with Vegas I I don't know like because like in my opinion like Michael Backlund isn't playing like Michael Backlund either right now he's not playing to the top of his ability so like if you do remember there was a time where he played on that top line with Gajo and Monaghan and maybe like that might be an option just to get going and maybe give Bennett a like a chance of where he actually wants to play on that third line you know, play him with maybe Levo and Mach and Pony and see how that works. Or um, maybe with Dubay, because Bennett and Dubay still have some chemistry from that playoff run. But just tell him, like, hey, like, we need to see some flashes of 
the playoff Bennett, like, you know, like, let's get going. We'll give you chances. See, the thing but, is, I, I think if you take the next game, you want to shake, if you want to shake things up, your top line should be, you put Goudreau, Monaghan, Bennett, right? Or you put Levo or whoever you want on that wing. Mm-hmm. You put, you bring uh, Kachuk, Backlund, Manjapani. Then you put uh, Lindholm, Bennett, and Dubé together with adding Lindholm in there, who can play that two-way center, who can, because you have two guys who are rushed, who play that aggressive, and that's your checking line. That's your hitting line. And, wow. and, and that would work well because Lindholm can play that center to come back. Or you can even throw Backlund on that line. But I think Lindholm yeah. would fit better. Like, I don't know. I think, I think like, even, like, now, now you think about it, that's two or three games now where the power play hasn't scored even now. And the one thing that was going for us that was so hot to start the season is gone. And I think, you know, like, they're just trying to do too much right now. And on that first unit, I feel like, I feel like people are just expecting, like the other players are just expecting Gojo to do it. Other than Rasmus Anderson, I mean, really, like, I, see, I'm I think, not liking Anderson on that power play. Like, I like his shot, but he he tends to pinch a lot. the the one The one person I think that would be good on that power play is putting in Hannafin. Because I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you remember, but last season when Hannafin played. And this is when Kachaka and San Jose, and he put it between his legs, and that passing was prestige. And Hannafin's been playing well this season. Uh, I mean, Hannafin Tanov is like the one, like, like not gonna lie, that's the top defensive pairing right now for Calgary, the Tanov and the Hannafin. And that's only because Tanov is Tanov is such a good player, like defensively, and like he's so good at supporting Hannafin. And Hannafin, like, you know, Hannafin has that freedom now. Like, you know, like, I have Tanev back there. Like, I still need to be worried about my defensive game. But, like, you know, you have – he has more freedom to go up, obviously. He has a comfort but, that even if he makes a mistake, he can get – he has someone that can you rely on to make sure that – oh. And he's a great skater, so he can come back. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, even Monaghan right now, he isn't doing much, like, to help Gajo. Like, Gajo – like, Gajo showing so much emotion, like, even today – third period he got into a scrum if you saw that yeah yeah i watched a little and, and that's someone so that's something you want to see and like i understand people are mad at him for playoff performances but like that first playoff performance he played against, played against in anaheim if you don't remember but he did pretty pretty good for sure. yeah now, for sure even right now if you take it all together he's still a point per game playoff performer and like if in in the playoffs, if your if your line mates disappear too, like there's only so much you can do as well. Yeah, no, he's he not a one man show for sure. He's a small guy too. Like he can't dig through four or five people. You might get through one until two number two and three will just take you and pin you to the boards and him being a small guy, like for sure. But this season, like there's an interview and about like his hot start to the season. And I don't know if you heard this, but he was actually answered the question about his defensive play. And I think that shows that like, you know, he took that last season personally and what people were saying personally, and he's back on his redemption season. And I think Monaghan needs to step it up too. Like maybe like start throwing around the body. Uh, like Monaghan is a big guy. Maybe start shooting more because Monaghan has a great shot. For sure, he has a great shot. I think you need to find someone on that right wing. That's your biggest thing. 
you I'm, had I'm, like Lindholm was great on that wing to start, but he is needed in the center. I think yeah, you, th- sure. you, like I said, you throw in Bennett there, you have another Michael Furlan situation where that line was clicking and Bennett's got a good shot. So and if you I, have, I, if you have Goudreau setting him up and Monaghan crashing the net, for, yeah. and then and, have and Bennett I, hitting just I mean, to get those rebounds. I mean, Bennett is really good at retrieving the puck too, like getting in deep in those grinding areas. And that's how he plays. That's his best play when he's like up against the boards, grabbing the puck and handling the puck on that first line. Like, I think it's going to work, but I think you know this because I've been saying this for three seasons. Like, I really want to see this happen for more than three shifts a game. Oh, it has to happen for a full full game or two. I think everything comes down to mismanagement because you look at a couple of players now, right? Like you're looking at Bennett right now, Brett Kulak, we let him walk. It doesn't matter. We do have defensive depth, but now like, like if we let Bennett walk, you're letting one of your best playoff performers walk. So you better be getting something back for him. And like right now, the only thing it does for him is it, it makes only thing that does for you is make his stock go down because you're sitting him. So yeah, no, for sure. I, I honestly think that, you know, he sat great. Now it's time to have him perform. Um, I well, honestly want to see, I want to see new life in the lineup for a Calgary. Yeah, I you do. have your taxi squad use Brett, like for example, Brett Ritchie, and someone exactly- who can bring life to your team. I mean, if you're gonna like, honestly, like Lucic needs to sit. Like he he's been a part of the problem recently, especially in against Winnipeg, he, way too many turnovers, and he he's the one who gets promoted to the second line. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense because we all know what Ward has a questionable move. Like, like that's a really questionable move in my opinion, and like if you're going to bring in guys like Brett Ritchie or if you're going to have Ronaldo or even Buddy Robinson, big guy that can throw his body around in the, like on in your ta- taxi squad, why not use him? Like Brett Ritchie is an NHLer. Oh, hundred like percent. He can, he can, he can, and he can prove that he can play. And so, like, I mean, maybe like ne- in next game, isn't the best time because you need Lucic. I think you need Lucic playing against Edmonton for now on that fourth line, but just on the fourth line. And I think, I think the problem with Sam Bennett again is like you look at the second power play. Why is he sitting? I, I would have taken out Lucic for Bennett. Hundred percent, I would taken Lucic for Bennett. And I think that's where that frustration is. Where it's like I have a lot. Like I don't know when Lucic has the puck. Like he he might try a move here and there, and next thing you know, it's poked off a stick, and that's not working out for him. And that's that's where the question becomes. And again, with the defensive situation, Giordano and at Rasmus Anderson, I think Giordano needs to be the stay-at-home guy so Rasmus Anderson can develop as the offensive guy. It looks like Giordano's just pinching way too much, like, in my opinion, at least. Like, he looks really lost out there. And playing against Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, I... I truly believe you have to put you you have to do something about that because i say hanif and tanner play more than geo and anderson at this point um yeah well edmonton's coming up and they're on they're they have that, a decent winning streak that's a, must, that's a must win game right now like if i'm being honest that's a must win game right now and 
if they lose that, like, you know, that's it's going to ask a lot of questions for this team. And if this team doesn't make the playoffs, like big moves are going to be coming. And I think they're going to be moves that this team might regret if I'm being honest, because um, yeah, he, Gaudreau and Monaghan haven't performed in the playoff, but half the problem is getting to the playoffs and they have done that. And they're both point per game producers and two like Monaghan has had some good runs in playoffs before. He just needs to, I think he just needs to start doing what he does best and that's shoot the puck. Yeah. I think he needs to shoot the puck more and act and pick the corners. Like in a couple of games, he's just shooting at the chest. Like pick your spot. You have a good shot. We saw that in the, in the shootout against Winnipeg, he just walked in and picked his corner. Right. And easy made it look easy. Like, yeah, Calgary needs like right now, there's no, there's no like to end it off. Like with Calgary, like, they need to figure it out. There's no option right now. There's no like room for failure right now. Like I don't care what it is. You guys need to figure the, your shit out. Um, just to, with the Calgary, the last point we'll go in there is David Riddick needs to be better. When he the two games he's played in, uh, the second and third period last game, okay, if he was he was better than he was. Battled back and like the big thing Battled is he back. Has going on. First game, like I don't know, I. Like, yeah, he like the third goal was his fault. And like maybe one more goal that game was his fault, but the team did not show up against Montreal. Oh, for the first period, yeah. For first two goals, but still when you when your team is like that, you need a someone to you need a goaltender. You need a goaltender for sure to save you and to bring some emotion. And he didn't do that. That power play, that first one where Perry made that pass, he overcommitted mm-hmm. to Perry. Oh yeah, for sure. So but- if that if he made that save and they killed that penalty. I would have, they would have gained emotion. It's all about momentum swings. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, crowd, yeah, obviously having the crowd helps. The Calgary and like, not going to lie, they, they are getting unlucky with some goals again tonight too. Like some, some goals went on Marky, just unlucky and you can't, but you have to create your luck. And yeah, for you know, sure. You got to create luck. Like you just have to, you just have to sometimes just grind down. And I think the problem is we didn't see any grit and the, this game in the third period. And the problem was, was Sam Bennett was out of the lineup. So the only, only two players that actually created grit was I think Dubé and Maj Napane, and both of them are pretty small. Yeah. So they just need to figure stuff out. They need to figure their stuff out with Bennett, the structure of the game and like coaches, player management needs to be better. But Winnipeg is Kyle Connor. One of the, like, honestly, one of the greater, better, better shots in the division. Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't come in yet and like this team is starting to look really strong down the middle it's and you adding look- him yeah you add him and then you just add a, if a, Hellebuck, a like i mean if hellebuck starts figuring it out and brassois playing the way he is i'd watch out for that team as well but vancouver on the other hand two losses to montreal and not gonna lie i'm starting to worry about this team as well yeah, no, I, I, that honestly, I think they had the same. They're having the same problem as Calgary's, where their top stars aren't performing. Yeah, uh, I feel like Demko. Yeah, he's a great goaltender, but now the pressure is on, and I think it's getting to him. And Hopi isn't doing any better. But then your I, defense isn't doing uh, your defense isn't doing much. Uh, Pedersen and Besser are not really yeah, doing it, anything, and you, you lose someone. You lose to Foley. You literally lose to Foley for nothing, and that I can that you're literally there, so it's gone. 
Yeah, and like, like, like Petter's an investor. Other than the power play, you aren't seeing too much. Again, unless you're versing Ottawa, like Ottawa, we all expected them to be last. Like, some some stars on there, and like Stutzel playing with playing, he's doing all right. But like, you win two against Ottawa, but then you come against Montreal and you win in that fashion. Like, I, I like Vancouver fans must be frustrated right now. Oh, for sure, because they let Toffoli go. They've let Markstrom go. They let Tanev go. They're all those are three key players. You bring in Nate Schmidt. Yes, that's one player, but you also have to remember that your young players are now people know who they are. So now they're watching out for them, and they've watched video. Yeah, exactly, and that's 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 the thing. Like when you take Pedersen's shot 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 lane away, like. What is he gonna do? And he, need, I think he needs to just step up and be like, I can do more than just shoot. And same with Besser, like they just need to step up and just figure it out between them. Um, Jack Hughes, I think, needs to not Jack Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Quinn, uh, Quinn Hughes just, I think, needs to stop doing too much. Yeah. And just play and just focus on playing defense right now. Well, he had like, that freedom with Tanev, right? And now that Tanev's gone and Nate Schmidt's there, it's not the same player. Schmidt, Schmidt is a good defenseman, but he's not a stay-at-home defenseman, and he yeah. will want to get – he does do things in the offensive zone. And at this point, maybe even better than Hughes, or maybe like his – like it's just, just all about understanding who you're on with. And I think he just needs to focus on getting the defensive part back in his game right now because he's getting exposed out there. And that defensive pairing right now is getting exposed out there as well. But they need to figure it out. And with Edmonton right now, Drysdale and McDavid are going. And it, it, it seems like they understand that, like, you know what? If, we, if we're not on every night, this team's going down the drain. And they're showing up. But now the question becomes... With Mike Smith gone, you have Koskinen. Are you are you letting Koskinen play every single game? Well, he and, didn't play the one game against Ottawa, and they play, let Skinner play, which he was okay, but against was Ottawa. So yeah. you literally have Koskinen, and you had uh, they. I know they reached out to Jimmy Howard, and he said he's retiring, which was kind of funny because he'd rather retire than pay, play for Edmonton. It, it's uh, just that. But they do need to find someone. They need to find someone. I don't think Skinner is able to because you can't play Koskinen every night. Yeah, you can't. Not in this division. But the thing is, is like you have to right now because one night off and next thing you know, the the pressure comes up because like Calgary got a week off and fine. But that like every team is going to get that week off. And I don't know. I don't know if it's enough. Just Koskinen and the defense defensive wise like like Ethan Bear needs to step up in my opinion because he is that only like he's the only prospect on that defensive pool that like can grow for sure and I do see him I do see him being a top two defenseman some someday but he's not there yet and if he's not there yet he needs to, he needs to focus on the defensive parties of his game first um, for sure well, well speaking and, of goaltending uh I just want to move on here before we run out of time is Matt Murray signed a huge four-year deal contract with six point two five million, but he hasn't played well at all. Um, yeah. Like for Ottawa, so do they? 
do they move like they won today or, or tonight, which was great. But what do you go from here with him? That's a really good question because you have to consider his age too. Because he's he's still he's still at that age where he can still be in his prime, and he has years left in him. But if you see this night in and night out, it does make you question maybe it's time to move on or do something. But at the other hand, you know that you're a young team. You don't have the best players right now. So that's a really good question. To be honest, my answer would be a wait and see kind of thing. Because you already know. Matt Murray's 26. He's 26. Yes. He has gone two, four, and one this season with uh, literally a goals against average just under five and a or 4.4. And a save percentage that's not even at 900, it's 8.8 866. Does he um, needs to be better? He needs to be back to that Pittsburgh level. Do you think he can get back to that two Stanley Cup, Matt Murray? I do believe he can. He is 26. He's playing on against a young team, um, a young team with young defensemen and young forwards. And I think the problem is, is like when you have young forwards, that's the hardest thing to be responsible defensively and like when when these young players develop this team's going to be amazing um i do believe he can get back there just with just because of what we've already seen from him and um just his mental toughness i do think he is mentally tough and he's bounced back before um he did lose the starting job at one point to mark andre Fleury, and then won it back right before the finals and then won the finals as well. So I do believe he'll bounce back. It's just more of a, more of a, he needs to be the guy right now that keeps Ottawa in games where they're getting pounded. And I do believe like, you know, it's unlucky that you played Edmonton two games in a row and those two games, like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl just decided that we're going to show everybody we're the best players in the league and get like five and five, like 10 points in two games each. Like, it is unfortunate for you, but it's going to happen. And he just needs to like understand right now. He, he either, he either is going to be the guy that gets blown in net every game or be the guy that like plays spectacularly and just keeps them in games that, that might be closer or they lose or they win and steal a couple of games. Cause Ottawa right now is just a team that like, you know, who can be like, we're going to play every night and see like, if we can steal a couple of games and every, every game you lose to Ottawa, you know, that's a give me. And that's a big mistake right now. Might be rude to Ottawa fans might be a hot take, but in my opinion, if you lose it, yeah, that's a really, that's a really bad loss in my opinion. No, for sure. I agree. I think Ottawa's still in that rebuild phase. They still need a year or so to figure things out. Even Calgary, like if they lose, if they lose their games against Ottawa, and I'm really scared about this, if I'm being honest, about losing games to Ottawa right now, because if they lose to if they lose to Edmonton and Winnipeg, holy, like I don't know what this team is gonna do. Like I do, maybe like, does that mean the Bennett trade's gonna come? Like it depends, and I really hope if that Bennett trade comes, they get someone to play at least a third line role, at least, and a couple picks or something because or someone with great at least that can play on that third line but yeah right, yeah no so yeah since unfortunately we're out of time let's finish what one i think 
currently we've heard the standings right now. Let's start. We'll go one through seven, starting with seven up to one. How do you think the standings are going to end out at, before the playoffs start? I see. So let's start with number seven. Who's standing at seventh place? I, Ottawa stays at seven for sure. All right. So Ottawa staying there in six. Who, who do you think is going to be in six? That's based off top. what you've seen so far, based on what you've seen so far with your power rankings, who is number six? I mean, if I'm being honest, if Calgary continues to play this way, I could see Calgary at six. And that might be a hot take, but if Calgary and Vancouver continue, they could be six, six or five. But I do think both teams will figure it out. And the team we'll see down there would be we might see Winnipeg, Edmund, like it could be any four of those teams. But so I'll yeah, you Cal- gotta. So I'll you say gotta Calgary, think that you're saying. I'll, I'll say Calgary at six. Kate, who's gonna be at number five? I'll say Vancouver. Number four. Actually, I'll I'll put Vancouver four, Edmonton five. Okay, three. Um, Winnipeg. Two. This is going to be my hot take right here. Um, I'm going to put Toronto at two and Montreal staying at one. Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with you. I think Ottawa for sure at seven. I think Vancouver goes to six. If Calgary can figure it out, uh, I move Edmonton to five, Calgary to four, uh, Winnipeg three, and then Toronto, Montreal. So I think Calgary can figure out and just sneak in. I think this game against on Saturday against Edmonton is going to prove a lot. It's going to prove a lot because it's going to be a heated game, especially how things are between Battle of Alberta. They're going to do it. Matthew Kachuk is going to have to wake up for this. I, Matthew Kachuk needs to figure out what he's doing this season. Is he going to be a goon? Is he going to be a Brad Marchand who can score and get underneath people's skin? Because right now he's being made fun of all over. And we've seen it. Yeah. And Lindholm and Tuchuk, if they want to be a second, that first line, they need to start scoring. Lindholm needs to start using his shot. Tuchuk needs to do what Tuchuk does. But I haven't seen the Tuchuk offensive ability yet. No, and not yet. They not yet. Out, if they do figure it out, like that Scotia North division can go any way from anywhere from like three to six. It can go any way between Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg. And I'll even put like, the first two spots back up to like one to six, one to five, really confusing if every team starts figuring it out. And I do believe Vancouver and Calgary, I hopefully hope Calgary can too figure it out, but I do think Vancouver will figure it out with their coaching. All right. So, well, that was our hot take. And then here we got uh, uh, Sire with us today. So thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time, okay. next week. Uh, same time, only on CMRU.ca. This was Post to Post. I'm your host, Azam. Have a great rest of your day.